Welcome back to the Live It Every Now podcast. My name is Jake. And my name is Will. And today, I'm here to say, I'm not your fucking poster boy. That's right. <laughs> you fucking heard it. Call me poster boy, I dare you. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's, uh, it's actually really important, even though I joke. And the conversation really has to do with identity. And I care a lot about identity because I realize ultimately that shapes my perspective and my perspective ultimately shapes my reality. So the how I view myself, how I think of myself is how everyone else eventually will at least. And how I think of myself means I can pursue X, I can do this, I can live the best life I can because of a at least my interaction with my identity and, and that being a positive thing. So I say I'm not I'm not your fucking poster boy. What I mean by this concept is that I don't want to be grouped in. I don't want you to think that my actions that might be similar to yours mean that I'm also subscribed to all the other beliefs that you do. So an example I'll use, and this may be a bad example. I haven't really sat here and tested it against <laughs> the deepest parts of uh, a, a good conversation. But take a Christian, for example, and take myself, and not that this is how I feel, but if I were to say, like, I believe this about God, and I believe this about God, and I believe this about God, and they all are identical to the Christian belief on those aspects, I don't want the Christians to be like, you're a Christian. I don't want to do that to myself, ultimately. I don't want to loop myself in, and there's some pitfalls to that. And I think that there may be some naivety in what I'm saying. And I'm sure that like maybe you can illuminate or we'll look back on this conversation and laugh at it. But I think for the most part, it allows me to be in between thought and in, or in between schools of thought. And ultimately that means I get to think for myself and I don't, I don't get ruled by group think and I don't get ruled by the crowd because I'm not part of the crowd. I just was standing near it, right? So I can, you know, I can be, the, people will try to do this with musicians and genres all the time where you do this, you, you make a song that sounds like this and all of a sudden you're an alternative artist or all of a sudden you're a rock artist or all of a sudden you're a rap artist or you rap once on a song and all of a sudden you're a rapper and they like to box you in, but that's not the case. It's just, that's not the case when you make that your own identity and you can kind of work around those things. And I think it's important to have that distinction um, so do you have no identity for yourself? Or? It's just my own. Like, I don't, I just, maybe like other people could subscribe to mine, but I am not of the mindset to subscribe to anyone else's, I guess. And I, I pick and choose things. And that's why maybe if some, there, there could be a very real chance that somebody has the exact blueprint for what I believe, but I wouldn't know because that's not my goal. My goal is to think for myself ultimately and think of myself for myself. So I'm not, you know, I'm not an athlete. I'm, I struggle with this growing up. I'm not an athlete. I'm not a nerd. I'm not, you know, I'm, I didn't, I don't fit into groups. I'm not, I don't want to be in your group. I want to be me. I don't want to, I, I'm not your fucking poster boy. Like this, the second you think I'm part of your group, I have this urge that I always want to defy what people think. Why do you are trying to make you part of their group. I've never felt like people are trying to make me their poster boy. 
I've never been the poster boy of anything. Well, I I don't know. Maybe that's a product of me putting myself out there. And Have you felt like you were the poster boy in the past? Well, people will just try. That's what I'm saying. Like, can you, you give me an example of yeah, that? Yeah, you put out an album like I did, right? Like, it's kind of it's mainly alternative rock. Now, now it'll be interesting for me to put out anything other than alternative rock because people have said, oh, he's an alternative artist. Whereas like when I come to classify myself as an artist, I struggle to even come up with something that's accurate because I don't think of it in groups like that. Like people want to categorize things to make things easier for them to understand. But my understanding of myself is way more complex than you probably will ever grasp to, to like anyone that isn't me. And that's not like an intelligence thing. That's just... That's how I want it to be. I want I want it to be something I worked on and, and something uh, complex and dynamic that I wasn't I wasn't just part of one any one school of thought. I, I listened to all. I was I was a uh, bipartisan in some instances and I was unbiased with what I listened to so that I could have a well developed and well rounded experience for myself. If that makes sense. Okay. So that kind of goes back to my first question. Is, okay. If you don't define yourself as an alternative artist, what do you define yourself as? Yeah, I guess it's it's just me. Like I don't know. I don't know how to I don't know how to break me down and, and compartmentalize it for you. Well like someone asks you what kind of music do you make? What do you say? Like you have to have a I word say, for it. Yeah, I say like I, I make some things that are alternative influence, I make some things that are pop. I, I listen to a lot of hip hop and R and B grow up. I mainly just tell people what I listen to, I think. And that helps them paint a picture of the amalgamation that it is. Because like I tell my favorite artists, like Gorillaz and uh, Arctic Monkeys and Frank Ocean. And they can gather something from that, I think. But it's Not, just, yeah. yeah, it's just, it's just, it's like a frustrating thing because it, I've seen it at every level. Like your family even, or at least my family even growing up, you know, it was, you don't do this. And you do this. And if you do this, like if you if you adhered to the things that we do do, you're in the group. And if you had not adhered to the things that we do, like done the things that we don't do, you're not in the group. And like, you know, relatives or whatever will, like I've had instances, for example, like I painted my nails. I've had family in my family be like, why did you do that? Like, what's wrong with you? You know, are you gay? And like, that's their like archaic thought processes that that immediately transcends into a label. Whereas I can appreciate that without feeling like my sexuality is at stake. Like ultimately yeah. it's a confidence thing, I think, to be just really myself and feel myself and not feel like I have to subscribe to any group to feel liked and feel appreciated. It's a very low, like it's way more lonely to go that direction, I think. And these are the pitfalls I was kind of alluding to earlier is like, maybe that's a bad thing. Maybe at, at some point it's really good, but at some point it, it, it can be really lonesome and and like we talk, we're like we're doing something interesting here is because I feel like we're kind of making a school of thought. And it's something, like I said, for people to subscribe to. But I, like I don't, like I wouldn't call myself, a, you wouldn't call yourself a minimalist. I wouldn't call myself a Buddhist. I wouldn't, I don't know. I don't know. I think there's a point here. <laughs> I, I can't tell if you care or don't care what other people label you. Well, it's all about, it's all about, 
me at the end of the day. Okay, that's right. what, that's what I'm asking. Because yeah. like with the painted thing, yeah, like, like yeah, you're doing it for you, but yeah. from their perspective, if a hundred dudes with painted like toenails walked up, ninety nine of them are going to be gay. I don't know if that's true. Okay, ninety of them. Like most dudes who paint their nails are gay, so it's not unreasonable of them to think or ask, like, "Why did you do that?" Right, right, right. It is. It's kind of unreasonable, at least. From an acceptance standpoint, like my home family being like, "What's wrong with you?" But that's that's, like they, that's they just don't understand it, like because they, yeah. they they think that means you're gay. But that's my point. That's my point is that it shouldn't, or but it should. That's like that's heuristics. Like our brains will always do that for the end of time. You can't I, stop that. I know, and that's why I'm having this conversation. Okay, is because like we want to do that to things, but I put myself in a place where I hope I can challenge that almost every time. I hope I can be dynamic enough to appreciate all has, life has to offer without feeling like I am part of one school of thought or another. And really that makes me independent in my thought, I feel. And that's what I appreciate the most out of this message. Do you enjoy intentionally breaking people's mental models? I definitely did at first. Okay. And I probably still do a little bit, to be honest with you. So I do I, it, I do kind of get like it's a rise, I think. You want to be the opposite of the poster boy. You want to break what you thought. Like you're almost the poster boy for not being the poster boy. Exactly. And I was just going to say that's kind of a poster boy in itself, which is ironic. But yeah, my, my goal is just to much less focused on anybody. I, I would say like I definitely was prompted that direction because it was funny to me at first. Mm-hmm. And what I learned through that was that, wow, I can think for myself and now it's become important to me to okay. not intentionally break people's ideas of their generalizations, but to have my own thoughts about myself that are proprietary, I guess, and not like linked to anything necessarily. Maybe I can grab like a specific thing that I got from somewhere, but I can't be like, oh, that's Jacob. He's a you know, he's, he's in this group and this group and this group and this group and this group. I really, at, at least at this point in my life, want to be in my own group and doing my own thing. And maybe that's from a lot of different sources, but at least it was from a lot of different sources and not from one place. I think that's important too to me. I think I have a little bit of vengeance and, and that pursuit is because I grew up around a lot of people that had one school of thought and had one belief system and that was it. And they didn't. They weren't willing to hear other people's thoughts and hear other people's schools of belief. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's that's kind of the important part about this in my mind, is that I'm able to agree with. For example, if I was in Congress, I would be able to agree with a Republican as well as a Democrat, and I would be able to disagree with a Republican as well as a Democrat. I would I would hold no like sway either way as far as if they were truthful and just in their pursuit of a good idea or not. And, and for me, I don't feel like that's how people think, especially when they start to label themselves. So when you start to label yourself, you're like a Democrat or a Republican, for example, you now have the allegiance of the party in, in your mind. That's not group that you're, you're now subscribing to group think. So even when a Democrat, if I'm a Republican, I've subscribed to being a Republican. Even if a Democrat says the same thing my Republican comrade says, it's no longer valid. I, I, I have an urge to root against that idea, even though that's not necessarily the idea's fault. It's just allegiance that 
breaks that mold. So, so we're not, we're no longer valuing truth and reason. We're valuing allegiance. And like, I don't know, again, at this point in my life, that's way more important is to value the truth and the reason. I don't know how far that extends. I, I, I realized that I, like I said, I could be naive in that, like that pursuit, like there, maybe there is a lot of good in group think, but for me, what I've seen, what I've read about the crowd, the tribe, it really doesn't sit well with me. So that's where this comes from. Where do you think you're going to end up? I don't know. I feel like maybe I'm just a not like I've been groomed more as a leader than some people. And I have these kind of urges to stick out and to be different and, and stuff like that and be like more of a beacon instead of a follower to things. So maybe I can see myself just sort of developing like a school of thought, like living every now, for example, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of funny. But and I and I see me valuing that community a lot. Mm-hmm. But that's it's still weird. Like I still want those people to think for themselves, too. So like grab some things from what I'm saying, but maybe not all of it. Like, please, like maybe if you come to the same things I come to on your own, that's cool. But if you did that because you drank all my Kool-Aid, um, we're not on the same wave. Like we'll never be equals, mm-hmm. you know, intellectually. Yeah. For the political example, at least I completely agree with you. Mm-hmm. Like believing in something just because the party says believe in it is not great for rationality, but in the real world, that's not why people do it in in a sense, because I believe that most people are smart enough to have all those separate beliefs that contradict in complex overlapping ways, but they shy away from expressing them because there's way less power in an individual than there is in the group. Yeah. So you can get a lot more done as the Democratic Party than you can as an independent. Totally. So it, it's kind of this unspoken trade-off where I'll keep my mouth shut when you say something I disagree with if you keep your mouth shut when you when I say something you disagree with. And together we can both move the, the party forward. But um, does it move it forward? Well, that's where, that's where I find it. Again, naive. I'm I, I'm extremely naive at this, but especially political science. Yeah. But to me, when the best leadership just pursue truth and rationality and do so sort of Well, with problems like politics at least, I don't believe that there is a such thing as truth. I think the different sides of the aisle, they're both right. They're just right on different timelines. And okay, time I never heard that, but uh, well, it's the basis of this thing called neo-reactionaryism. I don't completely agree with it, but it defines why the left agrees with things the left agrees with and the right agrees with stuff the right agrees with. Uh-huh. And it kind of, if you present any given problem, this mental model will tell you whether that that issue is left or right. Like mm-hmm. if you say universal basic income is good, this neo-reactionary mental model will tell you whether that's progressive or conservative. Mm. And because of that, this mental model allows you to predict what every view on the left is going to be, Mm. which means that it 
in a way almost makes sense why all Democrats agree and all conservatives agree with each other. Yeah, but I don't think they do. I think that, or at least at first they don't. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's like, it's conditioning over a long period of time that weakens the muscle of rationality mm-hmm. and is swayed by sort of the current of the group. And we do this naturally. It's something we have to intentionally resist to abstain from the crowd mentality. To 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 be a free thinker, to be an independent thinker is one of the most challenging intentional, intentional approaches to take to life probably like that we face today. Mm-hmm. And so, so especially because there's so many opinions today and, they, and it makes the crowd seem so big too. And it, and I think a lot of it's illus- illusory or illusionary. Like it's, it's an illusion, I think for a large part, but it just feels more important now than ever to take a stance of, so like what I'm getting at is I think I could be overcompensating and I think that could be clear, but I'm happy with that choice, at least for now. And I don't, I, I'm, I, I'm curious about the potential pitfalls of it, of, I guess, being alone. I don't know. How do you think about, how do you think about um, what you subscribe to and, and how you label yourself? Because that's ultimately what it is. I just don't want to label myself a Christian. I don't want to label myself a Buddhist. I don't want to label myself uh, alternative artist. I want to allow myself to have the freedom to break chains of all those molds. I don't want to box myself in. I think that's really what it is. Maybe I'm just like sort of, um, uh, intellectually claustrophobic or like morally claustrophobic. And I feel like I have like option. What is it like when, when you, when you're scared to get married because you think that there's a better option out there, there's, there's some sort of complex, I don't know what that's called. Yeah. But commitment issues. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah. Something to that avail. But I think it helps me for now. I don't know. I Well, I think at the end of the day, you have to believe in something. And it's much easier to believe in something when that something has a name. Totally. It just allows you to think about it more easily and dissect it. And you can be more rational about it if you have a cohesive framework that you are you know, trying to agree with or disagree with. Uh, But there's something called the stages of mental complexity, which I think we've talked about a little bit on here before. Okay, remind me. Um, It's by some guy named Robert Keegan, who is a uh, psychology professor at some college in the Northeast. I think it's Pennsylvania or something. I don't know. Either way, his mental model is that the highest level of mental complexity um, is the ability to have different lenses of, I guess, reality. And some lenses are really good at viewing certain things, but bad at viewing other things. So Christianity is really good at uh, providing meaning to people in their life, but it's really bad at telling you how old the earth is. Right. Whereas evolution is really, really good at telling you how old the earth is and where, you know, rats came from. Right. But it's really bad at creating meaning in your life. Right. And even though they're completely opposite, you know, lenses of the world, they contradict in a lot of places, you have to be able to understand both of them or have some, you know, maybe Christianity isn't the greatest way to find meaning in your life, but it is better than no way at all. 
Right. So I think that's kind of what I'm getting at is that yeah. that they sh- your your belief system and your self identity should be wrapped around all sorts of things and not necessarily like this prescription. Like Christianity doesn't explain it all. Evolution mm-hmm. does not explain it all. Like mm-hmm. you're saying that we have to be able to think for ourselves and not in my opinion not label ourselves but like I use those things like you're saying to like I, I dissect evolution. I'm like, this makes a lot of sense. This piece right here. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm grabbing that and I'm holding on to it. The key about like you're saying Christianity, not necessarily that I grabbed it from Christianity, but they do you're you're right. They they do have a a uh, a certain recipe for living your life in a fulfilled way. And I can at least grab parts of that and understand why mm-hmm. that's valuable. But but it's important to me not to ever fall completely into that. Because falling completely into it means you can only believe that one thing and not evolution at the same time. Exactly. I don't think people do that well. I don't think mm-hmm. people subscribe to Christianity and believe science well. Like, I haven't seen it. At least at least w- what I'm thinking of as Christianity and what I'm thinking of as mm-hmm. sort of a rational scientific mind. Um, so so I guess that's that's kind of where I want to sit as an artist that's where I want to sit as a person. I want to be able to break rules. I want to be able to do things people don't expect me to do. And I want people to expect me to do that, mm-hmm. I guess, too. So it's it's sort of forming that pattern in my mind. Because at a certain level, when you when you when I when I think about myself, I don't think about these things as much. But when I think about myself as an artist, I do think about how I'm perceived very acutely. Because that matters when I am dead to me. And looking at what what the presence of Jacob's Blue was doing here, and like how that's remembered, how that time is remembered, um, so so those things are very specific in my mind. But I guess I don't know. There's there's it's very hard because so many things overlap too between my personal belief system and just like this thing I've created, and. I want to, I'm chasing being myself as much as possible. So there's definitely like, I guess, I guess in being Jacob's blue too, I'm like experiencing some sensitivity to others as well, even though very personally, I don't care as much. So it's interesting. I don't know. Maybe I'm just struggling. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's, it's a hard thing to answer for yourself. It is. I think I think what is sound advice though is not being afraid to like procure tutelage from any school of thought. Okay. Like to learn from anything. Do like, you think people are afraid because of other people's labels? Is that the main reason? I like, think so. I like, think I don't want to call. You. Is because other people have a distorted view of what Buddhism is. Right. And like, I have nothing wrong with calling myself a Buddhist, but I'm never going to say that out loud because other people don't know what that, what I mean when I say that, like the definitions are different. I think that's really interesting. And I don't know if that's part of what I'm saying. I don't know. Okay. But I do think it's helped me to not label myself Mm -hmm. and at somewhere along the way it's, it's equated or it's turned me into something that's, dynamic versus freaking 
what's the opposite of dynamic? Static. Static. Yeah, just like one thing. I'm not. I'm not peggable. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but you, you do got your tent. You know your <laughs> fucking toes painted. Jesus, I can't talk. Uh, Ruined the I just, joke. I just. It's hard for it's hard for people to put a finger on me. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this personally. <laughs> we talked about this personally when we were at the coffee shop one time in the morning. We were talking about how it's kind of unattractive to be understood well, mm-hmm. easily, like quickly. Mm-hmm. And I think this is part of that too. Because being able to like have the heart of a Democrat, for example, and still have the economic mind of a Republican are important to me. I think that they, I think that life is a dichotomy. You have to ha- you have to be balanced. You can't you can't just act in extremes all the time. Um, so I guess that's the point. Okay. I don't know. There's lots of points. Don't. I'm not your fucking poster boy. Don't. That's don't, the main. Don't point. box. Jacob don't, is not your poster boy. <laughs> don't box me in, and don't let yourself be a poster boy either. Unless you're the poster boy for not being a poster boy, and then then you you just got real meta. Hmm. Can you think of anyone who is a poster boy that is doing it well? Like, who's a good poster boy? Like, I feel like most celebrities are in a way kind of poster boys. Like the TikTok e-boys. Yeah. Like, they're the poster boys for that, but they're also making hella bank because that's who they are. Yeah. And maybe that's who they are in real life too. Like, they're not pretending. They're just the poster boy. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you don't decide if you're someone's poster boy. I guess not. Yeah, I guess it's just up to me to cultivate a vast input range. Mm-hmm. Like whatever I'm looking at is coming from a lot of different sources, and that keeps me. I feel like uh, true. Mm-hmm. Now I could just be reading a bunch of bullshit, but yeah, I'm. I guess I'm just. I, this is a conversation about consumption too, mm-hmm. because it's being careful what I consume and making sure it's not coming from one place because mm-hmm. ultimately you are what you eat. I guess so. Yeah. Ultimately <laughs> this is a, an interesting problem that most people will never have because most people are never trying to cultivate an external perception of themselves at a grand scale. Like you are. I think so that's true too, but the, where also, that interacts with how you think about yourself yeah. is kind of like where it's conflicting. Yeah. Because also too, I think I think there are takeaways for somebody that isn't trying to cultivate the persona. What are the takeaways there? Like, don't be one-sided. Mm-hmm. But like, you can still believe in something. And like, if people are not trying to cultivate an image, it's much less about what other people call you and more about what you call yourself. For you, you kind of have to think about both. I do have to think about both, I guess. Because, like, for you, the perspective is the poster boy. So other people make you the poster boy, which means you have to control what other people think. For the everyday dude, he doesn't care if he's the poster boy because he's just being himself. And if you make me the poster boy for that thing, me being myself, then that's fine. I'm the poster boy for being me. But you're not. That's what my whole point was, is, like, when you're the poster boy, you're usually not just being you. Like, being you is not poster boyable. Totally is, yeah. Totally is. The e-boys on... TikTok, if they're being themselves and that's I don't, who they are. That's not, though. It can't be. No Why way. Why not? What if that's them? No, that's a wave, dude. That's 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 like social dynamics conforming kids into a set pattern. 
but that pattern is reinforcing who they who they are. Well, that's what so I'm my they, they become that person and that's actually who they are. Exactly why I'm saying I'm not the poster boy for anything is because I don't want to be guided in that direction. I want that whatever I think I am to be from here. And whatever I thought was cool from all kinds of different places, but not just But that's impossible. The, no. Yeah. How? Because you're always going to be influenced by something. Like you always get your ideas from somewhere. I know. And that's why I'm saying that you got to keep it vast. But like there was one dude who was the original TikTok e-boy and that's who he actually was. Maybe. <laughs> he might like, have been. He might have been. You know? Fair enough there. Yeah. There had to have been. Yeah. I can't imagine like being who I am. <laughs> You don't know people like that. You can't think of people that are back. actually like that. Totally. Like I you like, right now, I like, like you actually being actually, you. What? Like you actually being you is a stereotype. Like Where? you right here. It, like the stereotype of like the dude who moved to New York to become a musician. You are that stereotype. Like super dynamic, outgoing extrovert who moved to New York to become a musician. Like you are, you're the poster boy for that, but that's who you are. Nah, nah. You have to control, you have to control <laughs> that a little bit because you don't want to be perceived that way. Yeah. Or you don't want to be perceived as only that thing. I don't want to perceive myself as only that thing. Yeah. But too. also, like more yeah, importantly, you will have to think about both sides of it. Yeah. I think, I think the core of this message for me and the, why I want to bring this up though, is less about the perception of like this music thing mm -hmm. and way more about the perception of myself. Yeah. Because that's what is really, really important. Mm -hmm. Is that this, this, I just don't want this to be not proprietary. Like I want it to be unique. And yeah, I, I think that that's exactly what it is. You don't want to have labels because you want to be unique. I want. I you just care want, about being unique. I want to be unadulterated. I want to be what I wanted to be, just without thinking. Though I mm -hmm. want, I want that to be fluid, and I want that to be just kind of something I didn't just have my hand over. Mm -hmm. That's how I'm thinking about it. And I feel like we grow up in pockets of influence that are very just like this is what you're supposed to become because you were in this area, and traveling does a lot for that genuinely but as like i've never been overseas so i'm only i'm so limited to even this like american set of ideals mm -hmm. um yeah i just i don't know i just don't want to think of myself as one of the members of the crowd you want to be the leader <laughs> or a complete you know, separate i'm gonna be the boss i'd rather even just be in my own group like my own group mm -hmm. not like by myself then even to be the leader i don't even have aspirations necessarily to be the leader of that crowd i just don't i don't want to be the crowd i don't i don't it scares me for some mm. reason i think i read a lot of like really dark stuff about crowds and mobs i'd be interested to read that yeah. but yeah i think that that is going to come into conflict with some of the more grand things you're trying to do down the road yeah. Because it's hard to get stuff done with one person. It you got to be part of the crowd. You got to harness the crowd if you're going to lead it. I know. That sucks. And people are going to label you no matter what. Even if you're not being part of the crowd, they're still yeah. going to label you. I know. And I keep thinking about like the success of the TikTok guys. 
Mm-hmm. Like they are they, something works because of the social conformity. Something works mm-hmm. because they box themselves in in a certain way. Mm-hmm. You know. So but these these the the boxes even at the highest level of celebrity are still weirdly dynamic. Like the Paul brothers started out as like Disney kids, right? Mm-hmm. And now they're kind of the opposite and they can do whatever the fuck they want. Mm-hmm. I think through a lot of hard work. Totally. To be completely fair. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's definitely possible. It's definitely possible to sort of break what people expect you to be. Mm-hmm. But it has to be done right. Yeah. And I don't know what that means. Um, I think that just means that the person you become has to be better than the person you were in the past. Like people hated the Paul brothers for a while, but they only like them now because they're getting better as human beings, genuinely. They definitely are like way better to interact with or like listen to and Mm -hmm. see what they say. (sighs) Totally weird. Yeah. Do you you ever experience labeling from a self-identity perspective in a negative way or a positive way? Do you have any sort of relationship Mm. with that that has done good or bad for you? Not really. I I guess I haven't really thought about it that much. I do try to be intentional about um, not trying to be different just for the sake of being different. I think for me, I've tried to do that in the past and it's led to some pretty immature tendencies Mm. where... Like what? Um... I guess people kind of do it naturally, but if you're in a situation where you have to be different in order to get attention mm-hmm. and you value attention too highly, you'll end up becoming someone who you're not actually mm-hmm. because you're just trying to be different mm-hmm. if your environment selects for mm-hmm. being different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's easy for me to think that by being different, I'm being more authentic to myself because I'm getting that attention that's reinforcing it and it feels good, even though it's not who I actually am. Mm-hmm. So it, it's this weird thing where I, being me sometimes is conforming. It, like I genuinely do believe a lot of things that are commonly held beliefs and I think I have good reasons for believing those mm-hmm. things. I just try not to believe them just because other people don't. I don't want to believe in a conspiracy theory just because it'll get me attention. Right, A lot of people do. Totally. Yeah, yeah. That's totally fair. I was thinking about positive labeling Mm -hmm. too because sometimes it is good for me to think of myself as sort of a morning person, for example. Okay. But at the same time, I don't want to just conform myself to only being a morning person. I want to be able to sleep in sometimes Mm -hmm. and that not affect my like identity poorly you know like not be against my personal integrity and i think i've gotten to a point where that's the case because arc wise i used to wake up 10 minutes after my alarm and beat the fuck out of myself like not physically but just be so mean Mm -hmm. to myself for not waking up on time and mm-hmm. it's an arbitrary thing that I set for myself. I'm talking in college. I was like, I'm waking up at 5.15. I wake up at like 5.25 and be pissed. Or I wake up at, you know, worse, like 6.30 and be pissed. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like that's very healthy at all. But like, I guess life is just more difficult and and like more gray than we try to make it oftentimes. And so... I think having that flexibility in, in your identity, maybe that's what it is. Flexibility in the identity. 
helps you to navigate that a little bit more truly and purely like mm-hmm. to whatever you're feeling. Um, because sometimes sleep is really valuable for me in the next day and it's going to make my day better yeah. by making sure I sleep in. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes I need to work on my discipline and it's also important that I make sure I get up for, you know, a week, a certain set amount of time. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing. Like I can't prescribe it because it's so nuanced Right? Like I just described two opposite situations and them both being positive for me. Like me sleeping in and me waking up early. They're both can be positive. And that's why this is like so difficult, I think. And a hard thing to talk about. But that's it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Unless you have, I don't know what else anything. to say. I yeah. know it's kind of. It feels like a dead end. <laughs> I feel like I, I brought us to a dead end. I I think it's important just to, it, not that labels are bad, but don't be afraid to change them. That's too. That's good. Mm-hmm. Or, I guess going back to the mental complexity thing, it's okay to have two labels that you use on yourself that are contradicting. Yeah, as long or, as you know like why you have this label and what situations this label is useful for. Yeah, I, I just be careful with labeling yourself anything. I think that's 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 another point that I'm trying to say is that it matters. It matters what you tell yourself. It matters mm-hmm. what you call yourself. Um, the whole smoker example we talked about mm-hmm. like uh, very many episodes ago with environment design. Like that's how you quit is by not identifying as a smoker anymore. Um, not that I smoked, so I feel like a fucking charlatan saying mm-hmm. that, but apparently that's how you quit. I'll say that. Okay. Allegedly. Allegedly speaking. <laughs> where can they well, find us? They can find us on the internet. <laughs> that's exactly where you can find us. Liveinevernow.com is our website. We are on Twitter and Instagram. At now we have a Discord server in which we mostly ignore each other, but sometimes we'll send memes. Yeah. Um, it's like basically a game of the silent game. Um, whoever talks first loses. So, <laughs> yeah, we're actually switching the rules up. Starting today, whoever talks first wins. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. Come, um, and that's come, it. Come join. Thanks for doing this with me, man. Of it's course, a pleasure. Man. And thanks for being here. See you right. next time. Bye.